Hello and welcome to Theology Undone. My name is Peter Punnicker and I'll be your host today. Today I'm joined with Alan Varghese and Susan Jacob. Hey guys. Hey. So our topic today is denominations. Before we go into this, do you guys mind breaking down the difference between a denomination, a cult, and a religion? Yeah, I think that uh, that would be really helpful because I think there is uh, sometimes some confusion that comes between when we when we consider the difference between those. Yeah. So denominations are within the body of Christ, and then we have non-Christian cults and also other religions. And so denom- uh, let's let's start with uh, let's start with cults. You know, so an example of a cult would be Mormons or uh, Jehovah's Witness. And uh, cults are groups that uh, claim to be Christians, but they deny one or more essential Christian doctrines. So usually you can you can uh, you can differentiate a cult by their stand on the the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay. So they would uh, they would have compromise. They would compromise on the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And then we have uh, other religions, which which stands on completely different uh, philosophical foundation. For example, Christianity is a monotheistic religion, while Hinduism is uh, polytheistic. And then you have uh, Buddhism, which is now atheistic. Yeah. Now, denominations are within the body of Christ, and denominations are different groups of people that have an emphasis on a on a specific doctrine. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the, the Baptist denomination originally got the name because they have a, they had an emphasis on the doctrine of baptism. And you have the, the Lutheran denomination that, that followed the teachings of uh, uh, Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. And you have the Presbyterian denomination which uh, had an emphasis on uh, ecclesiology or, or on the governance of the church. In fact, the, the Greek word presbyteros uh, is the word that is used to communicate the English term elders mm-hmm. and so so Presbyterian uh, denomination has an emphasis on the governance of the church and the Pentecostal denomination has an emphasis on the on the person and work of the Holy Spirit yeah. so denominations would have specific emphasis on specific doctrines but they are within the body of Christ okay so why does Christianity have so many denominations that's a million dollar question and the other day I was I was just on online, I came across a statistics, which is like, apparently there's thousands and not just like hundreds. I, at some point I thought it was just hundreds. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, Christianity have different denominations and that's primarily because of, as Sujit explained about emphasizing on certain specific things. Uh, for Baptists, when, when it was it was the origin of Baptist, Baptist denomination, they were responding to a specific uh, problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's just say, okay, Anabaptist. It's yeah. a, it, it was a denomination which was came as a response towards Lutherans uh, in, in the European uh, context because they thought uh, that uh, Anabaptist, the word defined means that you could rebaptize again um, so they were ex- responding to the specific conundrum of Lutheran doctrine of baptism. Mm-hmm. Now it's the same thing or different different denomination uh, came as a response towards different problems or what they found as a slight ecclesial or doctrinal differences. Yeah. Uh, so they started differently. Uh, 
Uh, now, that that is my view on why um, Christianity have many denominations. Do you have anything more to add? No, I think that's that's great. I all, all I would say is that it is. Uh, uh, I think it is uh, Rabbi Zacharias who once uh, famously quoted and said uh, the, that that unity does not necessarily mean uniformity. That's right. So in in one sense, when you when you look at uh, denominations within the Christendom, it is it is a uh, it's it's fascinating to me that it is an artifact of. Uh, people trying to grasp and people trying to uh, understand a holy God who is so much more beyond our understanding. And so yeah. in, in, yeah. in some sense, you know, it is a, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, so it is just, it just gives a, an emphasis on a specific aspect of who God is. Yeah. And also just to want to emphasize that all the Christian denominations mm -hmm. definitely believe in certain things in the sense of the yeah. person of Jesus Christ. Uh, of, for example, triune God, Trinity. Yeah. Every single denomination believe that God, the Father, a Son, Jesus Christ, right. and the person of Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. And there are other doctrinal, like believe in church, believe in missions. Right. Those things are actually across the board. Uh, and just want to put it out there, all denomination doesn't mean different religions. Yeah. Uh, right. Because yeah. there, are, there, are, there are ideologies and people actually propagate that. Yeah, that's that's really important that uh, we do not uh, discount um, a denomination as a uh, non-Christian. Yeah. So, how would you, I guess, separate that? Like, let's say the United Pentecostal, that that necessarily isn't a denomination, right? That's considered a. Will that be often the cult? Is it United Pentecostal? You mean? All the Pentecostal churches coming together. No, United, United Pentecostal um, Church in the you know in 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 uh, the U.S. In the U.S. Uh, yeah, yeah. There is there is a uh, uh, to me there is clear uh, differences. Uh, the oneness Pentecostal you know uh, church um, is is I I would I would say is not uh, does not believe in the expression of uh, the Trinity. Mm. You know, so that's a major doctrine, and so. Um, I would not call that a mainline denomination, you know, within the Protestant uh, uh, landscape. Okay. So what would you say, um, I guess, for within denominations that we do vary on certain things that we believe, where do we unite? Yeah, so I think that, uh, first of all, my problem with uh, denominations is that uh, nowhere in the Bible can you see denominations. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, the Bible would emphasize the opposite. The Bible calls for unity, and the Bible calls for uh, brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's interesting how in the, the book of Corinthians you see that uh, within the church there was division. There's a group of people that said that uh, that they were they were the followers of uh, Paul, and uh, there was another group of people that said that no, we are followers of, of Apollos. And then mm -hmm. there was a superior group of people who said that we are followers of Jesus. You know, yeah. and so. Uh, and Paul, Paul comes and Paul uh, very clearly rebukes, you know, that kind of claims, and uh, he he points towards Jesus. I think that I think that one of the one of the uh, the safest grid for me, you know, in this conversation is to be most gospel centered. Right. You know, not be caught up in one doctrine over the other. While doctrines are so important, and I would uh, I would uh, that's definitely a hill worth dying on, mm -hmm. but. I think that when you are gospel-centered, the gospel becomes the backbone that helps you to navigate everything else, you know. Yeah. And so everything else takes its rightful place when you when we are gospel-centered. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, in that context as well, the conversation between denominations. Um, I mean, if, if you are a gospel-centered Christian who go to a specific denomination, because you're, uh, you're, you're controlling, God is controlling you, the crisis center of your life, your conversation with other denominations should be gracious and, and should be Christ-like, like salt and light. That's right. uh, so because of the denominational differences, you should not be actually angry in the sense of like as as Bible says, like you have to be the light and salt of the world and you are you have to carry that. That's a that's a really valid point. I think that um, one can say that uh, he or she is gospel centered, but the outworking of that gospel centeredness can be seen in how you fight for the unity of the church. Yeah. Yeah, even though sometimes you feel like it's not going to happen, but your intention is, Christ has said that, church is universal. Yeah. So, um, are all denominations saved then? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, Alan, I would like to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, well, I think, I think the salvation doctrine across the board for denominations, I'm talking specifically, I'm not talking about cults here, mm -hmm. I'm talking about uh, Christian denominations. Uh, uh, the the doctrine of salvation across the board for all that is I assume is the same mm -hmm. um, that is to believe in Jesus Christ so it, it and that that's that's where I begin so I, I would say that I would say that denom I mean um, I would say the denominations are not saved individuals are saved oh yeah you know there so you go, yeah. so <laughs> in the individuals that that put their trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ individuals who whose hearts are now. Now, the, the bigger question would be, what is your soteriology or what is your, sta your stand yeah, of salvation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is a larger conversation. Now you have the, you have the, the, the Calvinistic school of thought and you have the, the, the uh, Armenian. Uh, Armenian school of thought. Yeah. And so you have the Presbyterian and the Wesleyan and yeah. the Reformed. And so, so you have all those schools of thoughts. But I would say that, you know, the, in the simplest, simplest sense, he who puts his trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross mm -hmm. is saved. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So um, I guess in the last two decades, in like the U.S. at least, and it's been a global phenomenon as well, we've seen a rise in non-denominationalism. Non That's right. So is this a better solution? Is this a modern solution to all these denominations in Christianity? I mean, how I see it, non-denominationalism is, is more of like, a reaction towards Bible-centeredness or reaction towards like Christ-centered. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, if you go and talk to people, those who are uh, leaders of non-denominational, they come from a specific denomination. Right. Like you go, any non-denominational church leaders, they did their training in a specific denomination or they did go to a church which was right. rooted in one particular denomination. Now, why did they move? It's just that for them, they feel like their denomination has become so caught up in the ritualistic things mm -hmm. or, or whatever the repetition of things happening or, or they at some point have felt that they, the, the denomination has lost the sight. The sight is Christ-centeredness. Mm -hmm. But rather we got caught up into the idea of what color is the carpet. Yeah. I mean, I've heard friends say that in church denominations and committees, they discuss more about what kind of carpet do you going to buy instead of saying where are we going to go have a conversation uh, with Jesus Christ about Jesus Christ mm -hmm. so for some people that become a burning issue like churches are not doing the things they were called to do yeah 
So perhaps that is one of the reasons. Again, I'm not saying that is the only reason why this emergence of non-denomination. One of the reasons is since probably would be because these traditional denominations ever slightly slacking back. What would you say? Ben, I, I think that uh, if I were to take a stab at it, I would say that there's missional reasons, mm -hmm. you know, for that. So um, now, you know, there are, there are the, the beautiful thing about the Bride of Christ is that Jesus shows so much grace to the Bride of Christ. Yeah. You know, so yeah. throughout generations, throughout the, the history of the church, uh, even when the church has not been the strongest witness, Christ has loved, uh, loved her as yeah. a faithful groom, you know, yeah. so... In that sense, there are God has kept, uh, you know, He's got a remnant of His inheritance in every generation. That's true. And so He has uh, kept, uh, and there are there are active denominations, you know, that preach the gospel faithfully and make disciples in every part of the globe. You no, know, definitely. so uh, and then there are denominations that don't do that. You know, mm -hmm. so now I would say, uh, to me, I think the the bigger move of non-denominationalism is a, a missional strategy. Yeah. Is a missional yeah. move. Um, to 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 make sure that there are not not uh, many stumbling blocks in the way of people, That's especially right. people who are dechurched. You know, yeah. by by that I mean people who were who who were influenced by uh, some strain strain of Christianity, yeah. but but have uh, moved away from the centrality of the gospel, yeah. and uh, um, they they may they may actually be a reactionary when you talk about a, a denomination like yeah. what you had mentioned, and so non-denominationalism would be yeah. uh, just the preaching of the gospel, the full gospel of uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I, I like the way you mentioned about the mission last because I have come across people say, oh, I didn't knew that church could meet in this particular place. Right. For example, meeting uh, as a church in a, in a theater. Right, right. The, this particular church decided to meet in a theater because yeah. they didn't have a building. Right. Now I have friends come into that church and like, I thought church could only meet in a Big building, like sure. which is which has which has a lot. I mean, the glasses painted and all cathedral. that. Yeah, cathedral. Yeah. For them, it's a shock to see that oh, we can meet in a in a in a cafe or in a theater. So it's a redefinition of of what people see as church. Yeah. Now, when I say redefinition, the church definition is not changed. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But how people understood. It's a resurgence of uh, to to the. I mean the. The, the early church, you know, they met in the upper room. Yeah. You know, so that is not a cathedral by, by any means, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so I think that throughout, that's I think that is the beauty of uh, the church, yeah. you know, that she, uh, she is contextual and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, she's a, she's a gathering of saints, you know, it's, it's a gathering of yeah. saints coming together to glorify Jesus and, you know, and uh, uh, celebrate the sacraments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it seems like there's so many complexities here with denominations. How would I, I guess, navigate all of this? How do I get through it? So I, I don't think there's a, there's a quick and easy answer, but I would say that a good place to start would be to assume the posture of a learner, mm -hmm. you know, and not that of a critique. And so uh, the best place to start would be church history. You know, I think uh, that's one thing that we, we seldom look at, we st seldom study now, I think a study, uh, a cursory study of your own denomination's church history and also the church history of other denominations would help us to know their story and to, to help us to appreciate their narrative and see how each denomination has arrived where they are. Yeah. And that would help us to 
better build uh, relational bridges of understanding yeah. and respectful conversations. Yeah, that's really helpful because uh, we tend to assume that the other denomination is wrong or, right. or right without even having a serious discussion or studying about it. So that's a really great input. Just sit down and uh, read uh, history or have a conversation with your neighbor yeah. who is not part of your denomination because every denomination, uh, whether we agree or not, uh, God used them Absolutely. and God is still using it uh, for His glory. So that's really important to actually understand that. Again, if we have a high view of Jesus Christ as the as the head of the body, yeah. we would be more careful in the way we approach conversations with regard to even other denominations. Alright, well thanks to both of you guys. Um, that'll be it for today. Thank you guys for tuning in to Theology Untapped. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to post him on however you found us and we will we would love to get back to you guys um, thank you once again for tuning into theology untapped where we aim to be your source for theological discourse from this confusing time